Hi guys, and welcome back to the uh, Frio Big Footy podcast for episode two. This week we'll be uh, looking at the game from last week against Sydney, as well as the uh, upcoming game against Melbourne, as well as team selections and a little bit of uh, list management and contract news. This week we've got Seppo back from last week. How are you, Seppo? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. And we've got two new uh, guests for us this week. We have Valkram. Welcome aboard, Valkram. Thanks for having me. And we also have the uh, infamous Moo who's joined us this week. How are you, Moo? Yeah, pretty good. And I uh, just want to put a big shout out to the six people that are listening. No worries. We actually got close to 300 views last week, so that was pretty impressive for the first time we put Great it out there. for the first one. 250 was Seppo, but I think. Yeah, probably true, but we'll take any we can get at this stage. So uh... it was probably me. <laughs> <laughs> so... Or White Oak listening to his own voice for 200 times. Who knows? <laughs> That's probably the case as well. So we'll just... Uh... Have a look at first of all at the uh, game from last week. Obviously, a um, come from sort of come from behind uh, draw last week with uh, Sydney, with uh, Sydney scoring eleven goals four to Fremantle nine goals sixteen, um, twenty seven points down in the last quarter, and uh, all of a sudden uh, a bit of a flurry at the end to come back for a draw. And probably that you know would have thought Michael Johnson would have made the distance from the end there with the fifty, but uh, alas, not to be. Sort of one of those weird draws where you're sort of not sure whether it was a win or a loss in the end. What do you guys yeah, I suppose think? Suppose being our first one, we just didn't know what that feels like, but now we do, and it's quite interesting. The uh, running joke about Michael Johnson and his pointing, and when we needed him to point, he couldn't. So, <laughs> yeah, and I thought um, Zach Clark was uh, very, very good on his comeback last week. There's sort of few people have doubted his, uh, you know, whether he'd be able to step up to the mark, but I thought he was um, brilliant, particularly early on in the game last week. Well, as his buddy, I was uh, pretty proud of him on the weekend. Boys, I thought we'd be starting with Nick Nat's Mark, to be honest. I'm a little lost. Yeah, I thought we'd try and do something different between the Channel 7 and 10 News. So, and, uh, you know, see if we can give Nick Nat a bit of a break this week. But we'll uh, see how it goes. But obviously we must have taken on, apart from Nick Nat himself, we seem to have taken on the Eagles' uh, goal-kicking gips, though, from last week, which is a bit disappointing. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, you know, put some more of those earlier ones through and we could be talking about a win here now and shame we couldn't convert. But it's been our story for a lot of our games this year, even the ones where we have won. So. I think when, uh, Chris, when Chris Main's missing them, we're in a little bit of trouble, aren't we? Yes, must have spread through the whole team, the yips. How incredible is that? Two years ago, there's no way we'd be saying that uh, Main would be missing goals. He's turned it around all right. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, I think he's, um, you know, as I said, normally you said you kick just about write those down in the book straight away and for him to miss two in the first quarter, and he said just seemed to go through the team from there, which was a bit disappointing. Yeah, but having said that, I mean, if you look at the game, I, I'm one who feels perhaps we're a little happy to get the draw. I thought, I literally thought we were gone last quarter. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think the thing that probably would concern Lyon and probably the Frio boys more than anything is... I think this year, even we saw in the Essendon and Collingwood game, when teams seem to get a bit of a run on us, you know, they get that five, six goal run. We haven't been able to really stop and keep it in check for a bit, you know, which has been a little, we've managed to fight back in most cases, but just having those teams get that five, six goal run on us has sort of been something I reckon Lyon wouldn't be really happy with. Yeah, but we made it hard for City. The only goal that they scored that really frustrated me was that one with that two or three kicks out from the back line that got right over the top to Hanbury. It was the only one that sort of really annoyed me and said, this is unlike Freo. Everything else was us really not taking our opportunities when we go forward. And then Sydney really had to push for their goal. So it was only really that one sort of blemish and everything else was us really not just taking our opportunities that um, sort of kept Sydney in it, really. They really had to work for their goals. 
Yeah, it was a bit unusual, but Sydney, you really think Sydney would have shut that game down one or two years ago. They they did put some dangerous kicks across. You know, Ibo got his fist in on one, and I think the big move they made was pushing Sam Reid behind the ball, which took Johnson with him. So Yeah, it was the only time he could take a mark as well. Yeah. Played into our favour that move Johnson for, but it's amazing how all our defenders all had a sort of an instrumental part in that comeback with Subin going forward, Ibbotson going forward, Johnson going forward. It's a masterstroke move, really. Well, no, even, Duffield, even Duffield kicked one in the last quarter as well, which sort of helped um, bring the game back into you know, maybe, to our chance. Maybe we're back to Oz kick days where we just hold them in their zone. And... <laughs> I suppose that's possible on the... It's possible on the SCG ground, size of a postage stamp. You take two steps out of your own 50 and you're in the opposition 50, so obviously it won't happen at Subiaco. <laughs> well, I think this game will be really important as well, even this upcoming game, because obviously with the draw it means that you know the percentage may not necessarily be as important as it once was. But if we're going against Sydney, who probably played GWS twice, maybe Gold Coast twice, the two games we've got against Melbourne, we really have to make them count. Sure. The next game, Melbourne or Adelaide? Well, we've got Melbourne this week and then Adelaide um, away next the week after. I'm being nasty. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. So, um, and I think it will be interesting to see with the team selections this week how the uh, Dockers go in terms of uh, what players, they whether they rest anyone with the uh, game against Melbourne or whether they obviously just make the one change with Walters. I think we're this close to the bye. We don't really need to rest players at the moment. You know, everyone, other than the injuries we've been having, everyone seemed to be going fine. And, you know, internally we don't know how everyone's feeling, but um, I reckon just play them right through. You know, it's bruise-free footy this week and next week we'd obviously take them across to Adelaide and then let them rest for the buyers. So I don't think there's any need to change. Um, And if we're going to make changes other than the almost like-for-like swap with Crozier for Walters, it's the guys who may need a kick up the arse or like Mazungu got the, the best, it might be the opportunity for, you know, Mishi or Tabs or Simpson to get a game. Although I highly think it's unlikely that any of those guys will actually come in. It might just be the one change and that's it. Well, it all depends on whether Crozier is actually um, fit enough to come in because he's been a late out. Yeah. Well, according to... Yeah, so according to Lyon, he was, uh, Crows was definitely in last week. He pulled up fit and uh, Mazungu was definitely out. Yeah, agree. Absolutely. But uh, Crozier didn't make it right at the end there and he had to be swapped out. So again, it comes down to whether he's, he's right to go this week. You would I think, think Ross, was quick, quick, Ross was quick to note on uh, Monday night on 6PR that uh, Crozier was good to go this week. So I reckon it was just a, a last-minute thing to pull him out. It was only because it was a slight tweak of the groin or whatever it was and... I think it'll be right to go. I haven't read training reports to see if Crozier's been hitting the track hard, but I'm sure he'll be pushing for his spot with you know, the like-for-like replacement of Walters because we've made most of our changes with um, you know, personnel and roles and some of them can fill, fulfil Walters' spot. And I don't see that being Tabitha Mishi, maybe Simpson, and maybe because Indigenous Randy might get a chance to uh, step up with Pierce and Johnson, but who knows. Yeah, by all accounts, um, Crozier hasn't actually trained this week on the track at all. So, um, from the accounts I've heard, so as I said, maybe they're just resting him up to see how he goes. But um, yeah, he hasn't actually put, been able to put any time in on the track this week. So it'll be interesting to see whether they actually do decide to uh, add him. But just on that, uh, we'll just go look at the team selections for this week. Obviously, Mitchie, Crozier, Tabiner, and Simpson are the uh, ends with Walters the one out, who will obviously be a um, 
big loss to the forward line. He's, he's obviously been one of our probably most consistent forwards this year. But it's great to see some of these young draft picks actually getting an opportunity to uh, step forward. Absolutely. Uh, Cam Sutcliffe's uh, 21st today as well. So Yeah, we've actually got Lockie Neal celebrating his uh, 20th, I think, tomorrow or 19th, whatever he's turning. Actually, Might I was quite a... also surprised to see that Bellington wasn't in the um, in the mix as well. Um, he's been kicking a few goals at West Perth. I know they had the state game last week and he missed a game a few weeks ago, but he seemed pretty good last year in his uh, few games that he showed for Freo before doing his hamstring and his, his forward pressure is normally right up there as well. Yeah, he's a favourite of Ross. He always seems to talk him up, but um, haven't heard him. Really, when you hear of waffle form, you hear um, guys like Mishi and the other guys are uh, getting talked up a lot more than what Mellington has been. So I think Mellington really has been working hard and pushing for selection to – hasn't even been named as an emergency yet, but I suppose neither has Tabman or Mishi. So this is their chance to uh, make their mark if they do get a chance. But we've still got, obviously got a bit of time between now and – Sunday, so you never know what happens in the track tomorrow. I just has to show the depth we've had because Mellington was a first up starter beginning of last year, and now he can't get back in the side. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I'm not so sure. You know, is it depth or is it just that the boys actually know what they're doing now under Ross? I always felt with you know with halves, see Grover lining up on bets or something like that, and I'd always shake my head on the way into the ground. It's, you know, it just seems that the whole squad is drilled in what to do. And you just need a couple of little superstars in there. That's where we're going to miss uh, Mr. Walters with his little bit of spark there in the forward line. But, yeah, crazy. It does have X Factor as well. So he can do the job as well, not as well as Walters can, but um, a handy replacement. You know, their skill, it's not just players knowing their role. When they come in, our depth actually has skill. Like everyone talks about how good Mishi is, and you know, he hasn't had a chance in two years to show it, but this skillful depth, it's not just any depth that knows their role. I think we've actually got decent skill depth, and hopefully we get a chance to see it. The fact that we haven't seen Simpson or even Morabito back yet, we know that you know once we're making these changes, we're not bringing someone that's just a journeyman into the side. It's someone that can light up the field as well, so... It's not plain, ordinary, vanilla depth. And apparently Simpson's been running around at training in the in the middle. Someone saw him tearing through the witch's hat, so that may well be uh, the case against Melbourne again this week too. <laughs> and if you know, anyone saw witch. Simpson last year in the Colts grand final for Eastern Randall, they moved him in the for, into the centre in the last uh, quarter there and he nearly, nearly changed the game for them. He was just sensational in that last quarter um, and probably showed the best that he had all year really. So hopefully you might see a bit of that dash from the... Uh, Forward line for him, or into the in the centre and in the forward line this week. So, yeah, I think. I, sorry, go on, Seps. Do you ever? Do you all guys think that Simpson's really a chance to uh, debut this week, or if no. you did bring him into the side, who would he come out for? No, I don't well, think he's a chance. It'd have to be for Walters, but I agree. I don't think he's a chance. I think you've got uh, Crozier is obviously the, the the front runner to come in to replace Walters for a like for like. Um, Mitchie's probably a chance from Mzungu because Mzungu was obviously dropped from last week. And the other one, I think, is Tabner is actually a chance because he's actually been kicking goals in the waffle, whereas um, uh, Scoss up forward hasn't really been kicking goals. He's been applying great defensive pressure, but he hasn't been kicking goals. 
you know, I suppose we're going to need that defensive pressure against Melbourne. So that's um, mm, a good exactly. chance. And maybe bring, if Tabner doesn't perform, bring Silvani back in for Adelaide, unless Pavlich returns and then makes his claim back into the side then. So this might be a, a last-ditch effort. You know, Silvani, they might have not made the decision, said Silvani got to perform on the track on Friday. And, and if not, Tabner's in. And it could be a late change as well. But, yeah, I agree with your changes there, Valkyrie, with the... Um, like for likes, and Simpson's the odd one out, really. Yeah, I can't not, see Sutcliffe really missing. No, he wouldn't. He's been uh, he's been pretty much every well, he has been every game this year. Yeah, you can well, only really see well, uh, you can really only see him uh, getting a game if Crozier doesn't pull up with his groin or something like that to replace Walters in that forward line. Otherwise, yeah, as you, I totally agree with the other calls. So, all right, we'll no, move on and have a look at the uh, Melbourne game this week. Obviously, Melbourne have had a horror year this year, and. Uh, you know, obviously the uh, side uh, coming over here with, uh, you know, a few of their sort of more experienced players out as well. So obviously Ross Lyon and the Freo boys, while they'll, uh, you know, say that it will, they can't take them lightly, they would be obviously keen to try and uh, get a bit of a percentage boost this week and uh, hopefully be able to push themselves up a little bit further, obviously because they're about six percentage points behind Sydney as we speak. So be interesting to see uh, how they go, especially with our new Indigenous jumper as well. Yeah, it could be a beauty to see the guys run out the Indigenous jumper for um, the round this week. And I reckon you'll probably see guys like Daniel Pearce and Johnson make the most of it. And, um, yeah, hopefully we'll put a lot of damage on and just don't take... Although I do see this game playing out exactly like the Bulldogs where we'll get to a 30 or 40-point lead and just play a bit of tempo footy and not really put them to the sword and, and just go for banking the four points and have a bit of a rest and just make sure the game plan's intact and make yeah, sure the game get through, yeah, get, get through unscathed, even though Melbourne won't put much pressure on them, not to disrespect them too much. But, um, no, it should be interesting. And, and thinking about the game, I, this is not something I've um, really looked at in terms of matchups, um, like you mentioned earlier, Centurions, because it's really hard. Other than Nathan Jones, I don't really have too many damaging players that, um, yeah, they're bringing Watts back into the side, but it's it's not one that you really have to worry about the matchups. And well, the only one really you'd go after would be young young Evans. He's actually been going all right for a for a first up player. He's playing on ball, isn't he? Yeah, but would you really send Crowley to him to a young fellow like that? I'd send Crowley to one of the runners, to be honest. One of the Melbourne runners. Stop the messages getting out. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, maybe you wouldn't want to. Maybe Krauss could run a few more messages for Neil. Yeah. I think Jamar might be the interesting one. Obviously, he had 44 hit-outs last week, and he's probably their key big man. And obviously, Zach, you know, it's always sometimes a bit harder the second week back after an injury. So it'll be interesting to see how the boys go up against him. Zach should be able to run him around quite a fair bit. Jamar's like a great, fantastic body, man-to-man ruckman, but uh, he's not going to be able to match Clark around the ground. I think it would be a good experience for Hanneth too. Absolutely, get Hanneth to bash and crash with a uh, uh, big, strong body. We should be good for him. Let him know what he missed out on. <laughs> but how happy will he be? Oh, he'd be loving it. But we've got to watch the motivation factor too. I believe uh, Mitch Clark's grandma might be wheeled out at half time, so uh, <laughs> it could be that <laughs> motivation factor for Melbourne. What's a line up in the forward pocket? Well, Some gold plated wheels or something. A bit more heart than Davy, apparently. That's the thing. The, uh, there will be a um, – as I said, I think the motivation will be there certainly for some of the blokes So because, as I said, we've got those guys sitting on the outside with Hill to come back and Pavs. Everyone will be fighting for a spot and there'll be I don't think there'll be any let-up, especially those guys on the fringe for sure, like 
even guys like Mazunga, who's you know basically on the edge at the moment, he'll certainly be, um, won't be holding back with those guys ready to come back in the fold anytime soon. Yeah, that's a good point about the returning players because it's something you probably don't think about. You, you think, oh, here we are, we're up against Melbourne. The guys are going to take it really easy, and you don't think about you know it's it's their um, spot on the line, especially some of those fringe players, and they're going to be going all out hundred percent to um, really play their role and hopefully not lose their spot against Hilly and Pav could be possibly returning the week after. So I don't expect a light game actually. Oh, I'm I'm changing my tips to a. Nice 100-point win rather than 50 or 60 now. I'll just uh, change my tact. Is that 3-0 on Melbourne set? 3-0, definitely. Just checking. Yep. Yeah, no, I thought the um, – I watched the game last week against Gold Coast and, I, you know, I just thought Melbourne's lack of spread and that was just horrendous. I, I mean, you don't even see – I mean, I think most – a lot of waffle sides and VFL sides would, you know, really give them a run for their money in that regard. They're just really bad at the moment terrible. Well, seriously, they remember a worse team than this? I mean, you're going back to Fitzroy for me, or to us. <laughs> <laughs> I think even I think even at our worst, I don't think we were ever this bad. Like, I mean, you know, as you said earlier in the year, they lost by ninety and their percentage went up. You know, that's yeah, true. Did anyone actually watch the Richmond Melbourne game? <laughs> no, I watched were, a bit were of the Melbourne first quarter. Good, it was actually close. No, it was, it was pretty close in the first quarter. I didn't see much more after that, but um, it was actually pretty close. Um, Richmond were doing okay. They weren't uh, exciting, but Melbourne looked like they were playing a bit above their uh, capability at the moment. You expect them to bring them back, back down to worth this week. Yeah, and I think, uh, as you said, I think both those, all those sides will be trying to do well. It'll be interesting to see how Chris Dawes goes second up as well against McFarlane uh, after his big money, money move to uh, from Collingwood too, so I'd be interested to see how he goes on Subiaco. Um, I'll tell you how he goes in the business. Will McFarlane go to him or will um, Sack go to him? I think they'll probably put McFarlane on him um, to play at centre half back, and then McFarlane can run off him, you know, and create from that half back line. From the highlights I saw of the Melbourne Richmond game, it seemed that Dawes was playing more of a half forward and running out of the fifty to take the marks. So I think it, it's almost suited for. McFarlane to play on him and peel off and rebound. So I don't know who they have planted at full forward, but Dawson will be able to take whoever's there. So McFarlane onto Dawson seems to like. Well, you'll have the resting ruck when either Gorn or Jamar will probably go forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and their, their delivery is horrible. Yeah, I mean, you'd want to be the ruckman in there getting under some of those bombs they put in. I, I mean, I'm, I actually don't, not that hard on Dawson and the likes because the games I've seen, you know, the, the delivery to him is just horrible. Simply horrible. We're going to have Ibo and Spur just mopping up everything that comes inside. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll Spur, move on. Spur, a.k.a. Glen Archer Mark II. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll just move on and have a look at the uh, list management. Obviously, there was a word in the paper this week about uh, Walters looking to extend another two years on his contract, uh, but obviously nothing's finalised yet, but it'll be great news for him to be uh, putting the books for another two to three years for sure. Well, the West was saying a million over three. I think that'll be a bargain, really, if he uh, continues on the way he's going. I think that uh, you know, it'd be a bargain for the club if he gets him for that sort of money. Don't get comfortable. Yeah, I'm worried with you know. I hope he keeps his motivation up. Well, I think yeah. he's turned the corner, like, and you know, by all accounts from you know, even the guys down at Swan Districts and the way he conducts himself, I think I think he's turned the corner, and I think you know. He, I mean, the accolades he's getting in that now, I think, you know, it'd be crazy to get... I don't think he'll drop back to the way he was. 
It'd be hard with the motivation, you know, out of the side for a couple of weeks. You, you hope he keeps it up and he knows his spot's there if he gets back to what he was doing before. So Walter should be right back in it as soon as he's fit to go. Yeah, it was interesting with the club this week uh, today announcing that Kepler-Bradley going on the long-term injury list and Tabiner getting an upgrade after his pretty solid game for Peel last week. So, I mean, you wouldn't have thought that upgrade him without giving him a chance at some opportunity. So it'd be interesting to see if he gets a game somewhere. Yeah, well, that's, a, what I was saying. that's what I was saying. It's possibly um, Silvani could come out for him this week because he's actually been, like I said, he's been kicking goals and silvani has been tackling well but not kicking goals. Yeah, and obviously the other one, news with Freeanal today, I think any key position player that's sort of coming out of contract seems to be linked with us, but there's obviously the story about Jack Watts um, coming coming over to Fremantle next year. It was a um, bit of an interesting story, but I really can't see... Uh, I'd be surprised if Freo did unless they got it for something on a really good deal. Surely he'd be uh, rock bottom value and price. He wouldn't be a um, a big ticket recruit. He'd have to turn around his season so far and, and really show that he's actually worth something because at the moment I'm I'm not prepared to uh, trade for you know a first or second rounder or you know a good player like Zach Clark for you know straight swaps. So he'd have to really show something to be to be worth it. I'm just happy. I've got a, you know, I've got a, about six to eight weeks of in Jack Watt jokes on big footy, so I'm quite happy to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think, um, and as I said, I'd, like, I'd be very, very surprised. And I, I think the talk about Zach Clark being traded is just crazy. I think with Sandlin's coming down in the last year or two yet left in his before he retires, I think Clark's coming. You know, with him and Griffin, when Griffin hopefully gets back next year, I think he'll be out. They'll be our two prime ruckman because I think Moller's still probably a good three or four years away before he can really contribute to AFL level. Well, your only he's, got chance, to, he's got to put on 15 kilos first, Moller. Yeah, but your only chance with some of the guys from Melbourne, I mean, they're going to lose, you know, assuming they will sack Neil probably at some point. You know, they're talking about losing Frawley, they're talking about losing Watts. I mean, the only... I really wouldn't like to trade a first-round draft pick, but this little stretch of injuries is showing that we've got a bit of depth around the periphery. I mean, it just depends on how desperate... Melbourne are, and, uh, you know, I wish Swabby was still there, to be honest, because we'd be a chance. You know, send a fringe player, send, a, you know, Silvani and a, and a couple of others and maybe a few swapper picks. I, I just would like to see Watts in a properly structured coached team. You know, you don't lose talent, and he was a good, very good junior player. So I'm, I'm probably a little different to you boys in that I certainly wouldn't mind seeing us get him simply because he's over 190 centimetres. Well, what about what about another possible option? Is um, Peter Fawkes? He doesn't seem to be um, coming along as quickly as I as we expected. I suppose he's from um, over east, and a swap on there with um, Watts. Because if they're going to lose Frawley, as everyone says, they're going to need a backman. He's what 194, 195 centimeters. You'd be able to slot in. That might be a sensible option. I think Fox is uh, due to expire his contract at the end of the year. So hopefully if we do lose him, I have to delist and make the minimum amount of changes. We don't lose him for nothing like Robertson. So hopefully if we are going to deal with the club, we put ourselves in a good position. We can actually get something out of it. I think the other one we need to, um, the interesting one will be what the uh, club, I mean, obviously the, the talk about Harry Taylor's being quite prominent this week as well with his family and that sort of thing. And obviously a lot of people in big footy are pretty keen on uh, Harry Taylor coming to Frio, so it'd be interesting to see what the club would be prepared to give up to get him into the uh, purple. Sell the farm? 
I'd happily give up a first rounder. I'd do first rounder in a heartbeat. Yeah. I don't think Geelong would be happy. Geelong gave up, what, two picks for um, uh, Ruckman six, seven years ago. Can't think of the guy's name now. Brad Ottens. Brad Ottens, sorry, yeah. Yeah. They gave up two two picks for Brad Ottens, so you'd think that they'd be wanting similar compensation for Harry Taylor. Yeah, I don't think a first-round pick will be enough. I think we'd probably need to either throw a player of some reasonable quality in there or alternatively another high sort of pick that if we had one or could get one. So we'll uh, finish up on the contract talk there this week and uh, we'll just finish off tonight with uh, the uh, tips from, for this week and the uh, or for the margins. Obviously, all, I think all of us are pretty confident Freo will get up this week. Uh, so what, what's our margins this week, boys? Well, I'll go first. I think um, we'll probably get up by about 85, 90 points. I don't know what the um, line is at the moment, but it'll probably be around that mark, I reckon. I won't really go too hard, but yeah, I reckon about... 85 points to Freo. I reckon probably closer to 70. I think we'll get into the fourth quarter. We'll be 10 goals in front and we'll take the foot off and just uh, get the boys home. No injuries. I'll go uh, plus 10 on whatever our largest winning margin ever is. Uh, and I think it's only 113, isn't it, our biggest margin? Then that would be 123, John. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the math. <laughs> and I think we'll get up by. I think we'll get up around about the eighty points. I think uh, they'll. Go, I think they'll go really hard early, and I think they'll probably drop off like they have in the last few times in the third quarter, and then come home with a bit of a wet sail. But I think it'll be pretty, uh, pretty comfortable there. So that's all we've got time for this week. So I'd like to uh, thank the boys for coming along. So uh, Volcarum and Moo and Seppo. Thank you. Not a problem. And we'll see you all guys next week. No, no, boys. All right, we'll catch you guys next week. And uh, thanks for joining us. And also, just to let you know, if you um, there will be a link page in the uh, Frio Dockers uh, forum link um, allowing you to download this as an MP3. And hopefully we are trying to get it on iTunes, so you'll be able to uh, download it to your uh, phone so you can listen to it over the... Uh, drive to work, etc. So thanks for joining us again this week and we'll hopefully catch you next week. Cheers, boys. Uh-huh.